you know, and a lot of people don't have that understanding. They've never had that experience. And so often when people are speaking about their experiences, when they feel safe enough to speak about, about those experiences, don't dismiss them because that's what keeps people from talking about it. And then you end up with people like, I had no idea. I didn't know that you experienced this. I didn't know that, that people said things like this. And I'm like, yeah, you know, it's true. Welcome to Inclusion and Marketing, the show that's all about helping you develop the skills and insights you need to win the attention, adoration, and loyalty of more consumers and talent, especially those with differences that are often ignored by brands. This episode is part of a special edition series on the podcast I'm doing for Black History Month called Listen to Them, where Black talent and consumers share their real-life stories and perspectives on working in teams and inclusive marketing. When this goes live, we are in Black History Month 2023, but the content is relevant always, especially when you consider how important it is to engage with underrepresented and underserved communities you're working to woo all year long. I also want to note that while the episodes in the series focus on Black talent and consumers, the insights you'll glean from their stories can help you as you work to serve talent and consumers from other marginalized communities as well. Let's get to it. Okay, I've got another podcast recommendation for you. It's Latinx in Power, hosted by Thaisa Fernandez. It's brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. This podcast features interviews with top-level executives, entrepreneurs, and innovators from Latin America, aiming to demystify the tech industry by providing listeners with insider perspectives and insight from Latin American leaders who have succeeded in their fields. I like listening to this podcast because I like hearing from a broad diversity of voices and hearing from and learning from their experiences. One episode I'm super excited to dive into is the latest one, Lead Generation Journey with Glenville Dixon Jr. Listen to Latinx Empower wherever you get your podcasts. As more brands work to build diverse teams, it's important to note that reaping the benefits of having a diverse team isn't automatic. Building a high-performing diverse team is a result of intentional effort, ongoing nurturing, and having a firm foundation in what makes diverse teams thrive. I'm Sonia Thompson, an inclusive brand coach and strategist, and in this special edition of the Inclusion and Marketing Podcast, you're going to hear what people have to say about the most successful diverse teams they've worked on, as well as what the environment was like that made them work so well. There were a number of themes that came through in the responses of the people I chatted with, so let's walk through them one by one. The first one is all about establishing a safe environment for people to show up and express their ideas and opinions. To do that, the team has to be proponents of diversity, varying strengths, and points of view. It really comes off of having people with a variety of strengths and a variety of perspectives that allows the product to be better having been worked on collectively than any one of those people could have done independently. So, for example, um, I work on a team and, you know, one person on the team is really great with the visual display. And another person on the team is really great with like drawing in the audience, you know, whether it's, you know, a visual or, 
you know, cracking a joke or just, you know, they're that warm person that it's like, you know, we, we let that person lead off because that's their area of strength to kind of set the stage for what's going to happen. I always tell my team, I'm like, if you want something to look pretty on slides, don't ask me to do it. I can give you information all day, you know, research-based information, but the art of making it pretty and visual is not my area of strength. I can work on it and it will take me far longer than others, but um, it's just a matter of knowing what our strengths are, but also being able to recognize the strengths of others to know that, wow, if I had done this by myself, it wouldn't have been as great as us coming together and using each of our strengths and knowing when even to forego an idea that you think, oh, this, you know, we've got to do this one thing or say it this way or do it this way to recognize that somebody else may have a better idea or a better way of approaching that thing. And it doesn't always have to be, it's not a power struggle. It's just recognizing that different people have different areas of strength and that's why you collaborate and that's why you work together so that it can, you can be better together. Got it. Did you all, you, your team is working well and you're recognizing that different people have different strengths. Were there any, like, how did you all develop a degree of psychological safety with each other to know and understand those strengths and be comfortable acknowledging where you're not strong? I think part of it is just the nature of, of what we do. Um, we say often that our office is a safe space. It's a safe space for all the variety of people that pass through. And so if they just need to vent, if they need to talk, if they need to brainstorm, it, we, we are adamant all the time about saying that it's a safe space. So in creating that space, we can freely say to each other, oh, I don't know, this isn't my area of strength. I'm not great at picking icebreakers, you know, if somebody else wants to do that, you know, and we always, it's all, it's never a matter, oh, I'm not going to do that. It's like, I can do it, but I don't know if it'll be as good as if you did this thing. Another benefit of creating a safe environment is the opportunity to learn about the lived experiences of others you work with. It's okay to not know, but it's also not okay to ignore when that person is helping you to know. In other words, um, and it's interesting, I had a conversation, um, this was after work the other day with some coworkers and you know, they were sharing how they didn't know, like when, when parents talk about having the talk with you know, their, their children, they're like, you know, I didn't even know that was a thing. Or you know, if they're pulled over, their expectation of what could happen is very different. And, you know, and a lot of people don't have that understanding. They've never had that experience. And so often when people are speaking about their experiences, when they feel safe enough to speak about, about those experiences, don't dismiss them because that's what keeps people from talking about it. And then you end up with people like, I had no idea. I didn't know that you experienced this. I didn't know that that people said things like this. And I'm like, yeah, you know, it's true. For reference, the talk that was mentioned is a talk that many Black parents and other parents of color often have with their children when they get to a certain age that acknowledges and educates them on the reality of unjust systems, ways of thinking, and racism, and ways in which it can play out and how it can negatively affect the child. No parent wants to have the talk with their children. 
but they feel not having that talk makes them ill-equipped for the realities of the imperfect world we live in. Procter & Gamble did a commercial about the talk and won awards for it. People appreciated its authentic portrayal and how it brought broader awareness to what certain families have to go through. Finding a service solution that helps you better connect with customers and keep them happy can feel impossible. Like trying to remember the name of that guy you just met at a networking event. Was it Ron? Or could it be Don? Or John? Or Sean? Yeah, that kind of impossible. HubSpot's all-new service hub can help. Well, with the service solution part, at least. It brings service and success together on one powerful platform for the first time ever. With an AI-powered help desk and an AI chatbot that handles frontline tickets fast. Plus, it comes with a customer success workspace that helps reps anticipate customer needs. In a full 360 view of every customer, so your go-to-market team can keep a pulse on accounts before trying to upsell or cross-sell. Also, you can scale support and drive retention and revenue. And you know what that means. Better service and happier customers at every stage of the journey. Visit HubSpot.com service to do more for your customers today. A big hallmark around creating a safe environment is centered around building relationships and developing a camaraderie with the people you're working with. Because we, I mean, number one, we can actually have conversations while we're working as opposed to being in a, an environment of micromanaging where it's kind of frowned upon in some, in some places, depending on what your job function is. I understand if you're on the phone 24-7 and that's your job, you really can't talk. And, and, you know, converse with other people. But I mean, for the most part, the environment I work in is, is pretty lax. There's not a lot of micromanagement. And as long as we're doing our work and getting the job done, we can have our side conversations. Right. <laughs> Do the side conversations help develop the relationships that make you a better team because you have like a relationship? Yeah, I think so. I mean, because you kind of know where they're coming from, maybe what's going on in their, their personal space to just kind of gauge how to handle the work part of things. Several people did comment on how having a number of people on the team that were also minorities often changed the game for them in a good way with regard to the team dynamics because that sense of familiarity and relatability and life experiences allowed them to connect more easily. But I think that a lot of them are um, like-minded. Um, they understand the what it's like to be a person of color in leadership. So I think that's kind of what works as well. Even as a coordinator on what I do, working with, collaborating with other people who do the same thing as me, we understand the, the struggles that happen every single day with the students that we serve and with one another. So I think that's why it works those three black people so that was really well run team because like we communicated directly about like our expectations I think all of us were able to show up in our fullness and we supported one another in like the work that we were doing we really just enjoyed each other as people too so it just made the job that much more rewarding to like show up and get to work with each other we all really were passionate about what we were doing as well Absolutely. Where I used to previously work, it was very diverse. That was fun. That was like we had an unspoken mission to help 
everyone. It didn't matter what race or color, but we just had more of a drive, I think. And we fed off of each other's energy to really just help everyone. And I don't know if it was because we've come from our own personal struggles or just our own diverse backgrounds and just how we were built that way. But I have had an opportunity to work with a diverse team. And that was, that was fun. It was a passionate environment. Yeah, it was pretty great. Do you, was there anything um, in particular about that environment that you felt made you all perform at a higher level versus maybe Mm -hmm. a less diverse team Mm -hmm. that like, what was it about that environment that made it so right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we had a lot in common. We had a lot in common culturally. We had a lot in common in regards to food, the way we think, our motivation, our drive to get up and get to work in the morning, despite how we feel we had all of those things in common and not to say that that can't be in a non-diverse group, but it's a different, it's a different vibe. We could have different conversations, laugh about different music, sing different songs. It, it was, a, it was completely different in that regard. When you're in that diverse group of people, it's, it's really just the energy can be contagious <laughs> and I, I really had to just thinking about that. I was like, man, that was actually really, really fun. That was probably one of the funnest places I've been a part of. But it, it was it was nice. It was it was an unspoken sometimes even like we're all diverse. We're we're all minorities. And I've worked with Asian. I've worked in that practice. I worked with Asian, Indian, African American, and Hispanic. And it was it was fun. And it's because we all got to share our cultural differences in a special way. One lesson I encourage you to take from this point is that it helps to have a broad variety of diversity on your team rather than just one or two people with differences. Most people are naturally more comfortable when there are others like them in a setting as it eases the mental and emotional labor of being the only or one of a few that we talked about in another one of these special edition episodes. And a second lesson to take from this feedback is that even if you don't share a similar racial or ethnic background or lived experiences as part of a marginalized group, that doesn't mean that you can't connect with those on your team who are. Instead of focusing on ways that you are different, look for similarities that you can latch onto as a point of connectivity and relatability. That could be you have kids the same age or you bond over dietary restrictions or over your love of the same music or trash TV. Whatever the point of connectivity is, as you work to build and nurture relationships, work to find those points of relatability and connectivity with the people on your team. And if finding a connection point is difficult, know that shared passions, especially around the work you are doing, is an important connection point that can unite you and your team members. My teams I work with are awesome. It is every day. We are we are high performing, especially with what we have been through, and we are extremely diverse. And what has helped in that is the people of who they are, who what they want, and how who they show up to be, like what they show up to be, who they want to be in the day. So, in my experience with my co- coworkers, I'm thinking of they want to help. They want to keep the team afloat. They want to do all the things because there's a million things and five people to do a million things. And so we are just um, thinking of the team and of each other and extending grace and putting the patient first. 
and just understanding and just having an understanding of what we're dealing with and what's going on. The conversation and communication helps that flow a little better. We have a groove where we're able to work with one another and not make each other feel disrespected or feet stepped on or it's a mutual respect, mutual respect with a common goal and a set of good hearted people wanting the same thing. One other point I want to make around building a high-performing diverse team and creating a safe and fun environment, especially when the backgrounds are varied. Ensuring that you create a space where cultural differences are welcomed and prominent and embraced as part of an organic dialogue is a sign of a healthy team where people can show up in their fullness. It is possible to have all those wonderful feelings and benefits of having a lot of diversity on the team, even when your actual team members aren't quite there yet. If you create an environment where talking about your differences, preferences, lived experiences, and other elements about your life that make you you is welcomed, safe, and a natural part of the way in which the team interacts and engages with each other. It can be done. I want to make sure you're clear on what actions you can take based upon the learnings provided from the people I talked to from this episode, as well as others in this series. So I also want to provide a space to talk about and process what you heard. So at the end of this month, February 22nd through 24th, I'll be hosting a three-day live virtual event where I'll walk you through next steps and an action plan, so to speak, to help you make more of the people you serve, both talent and consumers, feel like they belong with you. Go to listentothem.co, that's listentothem.co, where you can find all the details about the workshops and get registered. There you'll also find all the episodes in this series. That's it for this special edition episode of the Inclusion and Marketing Podcast. If you like this show, I would so appreciate it if you would share it with a friend or some colleagues. That way we, more of us can be working together to create fertile environments for diverse teams to thrive. Until next time, remember, everyone deserves to have a place where they belong. Let's use our individual and collective power to ensure more people feel like they do. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you soon.